Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. There is but one name under heaven by which men are saved. That name is Jesus. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. There's something about that name. If as believers we would grip the magnitude of the name of Jesus, we would stand firmly in the devil's face and say not today and not ever again because he already lost that battle with our Savior. He lost it before it started. He never had any power except the power that Jesus gave him, and Jesus snatched it from him when he defeated hell and he defeated death. Praise God for the name of Jesus. What a wonderful day to gather together here in the house of the Lord and worship that holy name of Jesus. That's what we do here at Rocky Valley. What do do we say all the time? What do we want to do? We want to make a big deal out of Jesus. We want to make a big deal out of Jesus. Now, I've got a friend... Uh, who's fancier than I am, who coined the phrase, we want to show Jesus is incomparably glorious. I said, I'm not that smart. We'll just say we want to make a big deal out of him. And that's what we want to do here, make a big deal out of Jesus. Any opportunity to gather in his name is a blessed one. Today is no different. But I am very excited to be here today getting ready to present this message to you guys today. It's going to be a little different, so I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I stand in the pulpit a little anxious this morning because this message is a little different. It's out of my comfort zone, but I believe that the platform that we have here this morning is the best platform that we have to be able to communicate some vision for Rocky Valley Baptist Church and the opportunities that the Lord has given us here together as we gather. Now, normally I just open up to a specific text and I begin to preach and snot and slobber and spit until we get to the end of it. So today is going to be just a little bit different uh, as we're going to be talking about vision and opportunities and and some things that are, are changing and things that have changed and things that we're looking at. Uh, But we're still going to stand on the Word of God because that's what we stand on. I do want to take a moment as as we open to share that I am so thankful to be your pastor. I'm so thankful for the great number of you that have accepted myself and my family as your own. You've loved us as if we've been here for, for many, many years, even though we've only been here for a few years. When I got here, the vision statement of knowing Christ and to make Him known stuck out to me. So as your pastor, my attempt has been to make sure that every ministry event, everything that we take on as a church has been measured against that vision statement. Does this compel people to know Christ and does this make Christ known in the community and in the places where we go? That's why we pray the way we do. We pray God be glorified in everything we do. That's why we go in the direction we do to try to stand on sound biblical direction, looking to share Christ and make disciples with one another making Christ known evangelistically and giving people a deeper understanding of what it means to know Christ in an intimate way. And so this morning we're going to look at four areas uh, where I believe we need to communicate some opportunities that are present here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church uh, as we move forward. Our scripture reading this morning, uh, we're going to have a couple, but our main scripture reading is going to come from Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And as you turn your way there... 
Uh, I want to just say, if you missed the fish fry last night, you missed a joyous occasion to fellowship one with another. We had wonderful food. We had wonderful singing going on. Uh, we had a great time in the Lord. Thank you to all of you who came out. Also, as you turn to Acts chapter 6, I want to say that yesterday was our Hearts for Hunger food giveaway. We were able to give out boxes of food again in the communities where we go. They've embraced us. Uh, they love us as much as we love them. Uh, we have a good time hanging out with them. If you haven't been to Hearts for Hunger in a while, I challenge you to come to the November Hearts for Hunger food giveaway. Don't miss it. It's still as big a blessing as it was a year ago. So uh, if, if you have Acts chapter 6, please stand in the house if you're able for the reading of the Holy Word of God from Acts Chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from amongst you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Philip, a Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let us pray. Father God, we come into your house to gather in your name and worship you, Father. Father, we lay everything we have at your feet this morning. We ask that you would come and do what only you can do, and that's draw your people nigh to you this morning. Father, would you bind any devil or any demon that would hinder our worship at this time, Lord? Would you escort any spirit that's not the Holy Spirit from our presence and right out the door that it came in, Father? We command that in your name. Father God, that your people would worship you in spirit and in truth through the reading and the teaching of your word, Father, that you would be glorified today. You and you alone, because you and you alone are worthy of worship. Father, we love you. It's in your precious name that we pray this morning, as all of God's children said, amen, and you may be seated. So as we introduce these, these four areas this morning, the first thing we're going to do, we're going to take a, a, look, a look at a group of, of fine men that God has placed in our midst here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church, and that is our deacon body here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church. That's what this text is talking about, is the calling of the first deacons that we see in Scripture. And these men that we have at Rocky Valley are some of the best, uh, in my opinion. I consider it an honor to serve with each and every one of them. Our active deacon body, for those of you who may not know, is currently consistent of Charles Scott, Brother Larry Garrett, Irvin Boston, Mike Hearn, and Chris Oglesby. We also have another deacon that has been ordained and approved by the church, uh, Brother Eric Gray, who's currently inactive uh, as, as a deacon for a season in his life. His work schedule shifted. He had two children in the span of a year, and his work schedule, he went to third shift. And, uh, and Brother Eric and I had a heart-to-heart -heart a while back. He, he cannot fulfill the role of being an active deacon as his job schedule is what it is. And so he very respectfully said, I need to be inactive for a season until my work schedule uh, changes and I can properly serve the body the way 
that is required. So he is an inactive deacon that will be welcomed back into the deacon body uh, as his schedule changed. I wanted to communicate that because anytime somebody's inactive, you start to get, well, what did he do wrong that you had to make him step down? He, he didn't do anything wrong. He made a very mature decision, and I'm proud of him for that. Uh, but, but that's where we're at. And so I communicate this to everybody for a reason. We're, we're, we're having some, some changes within our deacon body because in the time that I've been here, it's been obvious to me these men are willing to serve in any capacity that has been asked of them. I've never asked any of them to do anything that they weren't willing uh, to do. And so they want to serve the church. They want to lead the church. They want to teach the church. They want to be involved at the church. Acts 6 teaches us this. Uh, what you have going on here is basically you have the, the, the shepherds of the flock, the disciples who were called to preach, they were called to teach the Word of God, and they're teaching the Word of God like crazy. In Acts chapter 6, you have a church that is growing leaps and bounds. People are added daily to the church. But as is normal, believe it or not, when you get a group of people coming together to worship the Lord, doing what we would call church today, guess what? Sometimes problems arise. I know that that shocks everybody here. We've never had a problem here at Rocky Valley, but at some places, there are problems that arise. Things come up, and there was a group of people who said, listen, there's the distribution to the widows from this particular group of Hellenists. The Hellenist Jews said, listen, our widows are not being taken care of when the distribution comes up. They don't have a representative. They're not being cared for. They're not being taken care of. And so they were going to the pastors, and essentially the 12 who were in charge of the spiritual warfare of the church said, listen, we don't have the time to properly shepherd the flock spiritually and feed them also. We don't have time to do that. If we give ourselves to the tending of the tables and the serving of the tables, then that means we're not serving someone else spiritually. And we've been called to care spiritually. And so what did they do? They said, call men full of the Holy Spirit, full of good standing, that they might serve these other needs of the church, that we might stay in the spiritual standing of the church, continue to serve the church spiritually. And this is the first established deacon body. They called men of good reputation, men that were full of spirit and men that desired to serve that flock. And that is the primary role of the deacon. Actually, let me go a step further. That's the role of the deacon biblically, is the servant of the church. A lot of people twist that mindset. A lot of people view the deacons as a lot of things, but the deacons are called to be a servant body to the church. Now, i got news for you. We're all called to be a servant body. But specifically, the deacon body is called to be a servant body of the church. So in light of that, we've established a line of communication that hopefully will allow these men to serve the way that they desire to serve the church and allow the church uh, to properly communicate with them. Uh, we, many of you know that in the past we looked at this idea called a family care plan where each deacon had a specific set of letters in the alphabet that, that they were going to communicate with. Well, I'll just be honest with you. That, that didn't work very well. And that's my fault. Maybe we didn't communicate effectively what it was supposed to look like, but what ended up happening is rather than communicating with the, with the deacon that our letter corresponded with, we just communicated with whoever we wanted to. And so it made it impossible for us to break that down into manageable groups and serve. So we said, all right, that didn't look out exactly right, but it, it was also hard for us to know what we were doing exactly. So, so here uh, is, is a new plan, so to speak. 
And, and I believe that this is a good one. We spent a lot of time praying about this. Each deacon will now be responsible for an area of ministry in the church. It's going to make it easier to know who do you talk to, where do you go when you're in this particular group, and how does this go. In case you're wondering, I'm going to go through this this morning, and then in the Welcome Center, there'll be a packet that you can pick up next week and take with you in case you don't take notes as quick as I talk, because I get excited, and i got a lot to talk about this morning. So they'll be as follows. Charles Scott, Brother Charles Scott, will now be the deacon representative in the 65 and up category in the congregation. He will be the specific deacon whose responsibility and role is is the ministry and the care for those who are 65 and up. It seemed like a a logical fit, as he already teaches many of you in Sunday school. Most of you know him. Um, None of you like him, but that's okay. That went across the board. I love him personally, sort of, today. Um, And so Charles Scott will be our senior adult deacon. Um, Brother Urban Boston, he will now be in, in, in charge of, of what I call, he's going to be our deacon over fellowships uh, and activities here at the church. Um, he and his wife, Candy, if you've never seen an event go on at the church, then, then you need to come about 10 hours before that event happens, and you will see he and Candy moving tables, setting up tables, decorating tables, cooking food, picking up food, doing whatever needs to be done so that when that event starts, Everything's done. We all get here and it's done, and we go, whoa, that was great. Ten hours before that, Irvin and Candy, and, and usually their daughter Josie, uh, by default, are, are working uh, diligently there. So it seemed like a great fit uh, for Brother Irvin that that's going to be the area of ministry where he is in charge of. Brother Chris Oglesby, uh, he will now be in charge of what I'm calling staffing and ministry needs. This means essentially he's in charge of placing people in opportunities to serve the Lord in a teaching capacity. He's also the person that you'll speak to if you're currently teaching and you need a break or you want to step down. Who do I talk to? I talk to Brother Chris Oglesby. Those of you who have never seen a spreadsheet from Chris, you'll know why I felt like it was a great fit for Chris to be in that ministry role. All right, But we need that here at the church. Because too often what happens is I don't want to bother Brother Jason with the fact that I don't really want to teach anymore, so I'm just going to keep teaching even though I don't want to. I don't want to bug Brother Jason by telling him I think I'd like to teach something. Now you don't have to worry about bugging anybody. You've got somebody whose desire is to serve in that role. And, and so if you want to teach or you want to step down from teaching, you talk to Brother Chris, and, and we talk about those opportunities that way. Brother Larry Garrett. Uh, He will be tasked with outreach and hospitality. Uh, He'll be looking to reach out to those who are with us for a few weeks and miss. Somebody who misses for a few weeks, Brother Larry is going to reach out to them and see uh, what's going on, make sure they're doing okay, and also in charge of welcoming our new visitors uh, and in charge of our hospitality committee that you haven't heard about yet because I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Larry seemed like a great fit for this because I don't know how many of you have ever seen Larry Garrett without a smile, but if you've seen him without a smile, you're somebody that I'm not. Every time I've seen Brother Larry, be it on a softball field or at church or wherever else, Brother Larry had a smile on his face. Who better to greet somebody than somebody that's smiling? Mike Hearn. Brother Mike Hearn uh, is in charge of what we call long-term care and widow's ministry. Folks, Scripture gives us commands in multiple places to take care of one group of people in the church, and that is our widows. It is our responsibility 
as a church. Biblically prescribed in that time, the reason that was such a big deal is because as a widow's spouse died, the person who cared for them was now gone. It was then the church that would scoop up that responsibility and continue to make sure that that person was cared for. So Brother Mike Hearn uh, has stepped into that, and we're also going to have him, those who are battling long-term illnesses, so cancers and, and conditions that are ongoing treatments and, and seeking those things. It's not a, I'm going to have surgery tomorrow, I'll be better the next day. This is the long-term care. Uh, Brother Mike Hearn will be the deacon uh, in care for that area. Uh, I did that. Uh, I told Brother Mike this. Uh, he has one of the most tender and compassionate hearts of any man I've ever met. He, he really does. He has a caring heart, uh, and he seemed like the perfect fit for this ministry. So we have, they have those areas. Like I said, those will be, you'll get, a, you'll get a pack in the Welcome Center next week if you want one. So what does all that mean, though? That's nice, Brother Jason. That's a good idea. Now, how do we put that into effect? Does it mean that Irvin is the only person that can plan a fellowship event now? Of course not. I would never put that responsibility on Irvin. He would go crazy trying to plan every event of this church. What that means is if you're wondering about an event, you think, hmm, I wonder if we could do a, a fish fry and gospel singing. You go talk to Brother Irvin with that idea. Brother Irvin doesn't then just decide himself, you know, just uh, you can't do that, you can't do this. It's a communication thing. He would then come to the entire body and the entire deacon body and myself and we would discuss that and we would put these things into play. That way you don't sit around thinking, I wish the church did this and not knowing who it is that you could talk to about seeing if we can do such a thing. You would go to Brother Earth. If you're 65 and up and you think, I, I wonder what we're going to do in this area, you know that you go to Brother Charles. It isn't then Brother Charles' burden to bury on his own. It's a line of communication, and so on and so forth. What happens if you're over 65 and you're a widow? Do you go to Charles or do you go to Mike? Yes, go to both of them. They're both there for you, Okay. What happens if you're over 65 and you want to plan an event? Go to both of them. It's okay. The idea here is that we would have increased communication and not decreased communication. Because that's where problems arise is when we have no communication. And nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what's going on. So we have an increased line of communication. So, what, what is your deacon not what is he not? Deacon is not a sounding board for your complaints. You know why your deacon is not a sounding board for your complaints? Because biblically we're not prescribed a sounding board for complaints. You read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, focus real hard on the New Testament where the church is described and the church is laid out, you will never find that Paul said to Timothy and ordained from you three HR representatives to hear the complaints of everybody. Do you know why that's not prescribed in the Bible? Because we don't need a sounding board for complaints in the church. You know why we don't need a sounding board? Because in Matthew chapter 14, the Lord gives us the way that we handle our debates and our disputes. When he says this, if you have complained against your brother, you believe your brother has sinned against you, then you go to them and you speak on the matter. And if you win them, you've gained a brother. If they will not hear you, then you go with two or more witnesses of like mind 
And you go to them and discuss it with that group. If they still will not hear you, you go to the church. Nowhere do we have a sounding board where you to go and you say, listen, I don't like, you know, you're not to go to Brother Chris and say, Brother Chris, I don't like what Brother Charles is doing. Why? If you have a complaint with Brother Charles, who should you go talk to? A few of you got it. Who should you go talk to? Brother Charles. Why? Who else can speak on that but Brother Charles? Do you know what I found? I found that 999 times out of 1,000, your complaint against your brother, if you would only go and speak to them, you would solve it right there. You would realize that usually it's a matter of perspective, not a matter of truth. Usually they had the best interest at heart. Maybe they didn't see something that you saw. Maybe they made a mistake. Believe it or not, even the deacons and the pastors and the elders and the shepherds make mistakes. If you have a spiritual problem, you're still supposed to come to me. That's what I was called here to do, to shepherd the church from a spiritual standpoint. That doesn't just mean preaching. That means any struggles that you have, anything from that capacity, I am the person that you are supposed to come to. If you're 65 and over and you want to go through Charles and get to me, that's fine. But that's what's supposed to happen. That's how this is supposed to work. And if we do it the way the Bible prescribes, you would be amazed how the church... Look what it said in verse 7. It said, The word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Ain't that what we're here for? To spread the word of God and see the disciples multiply greatly? If we want to see the same things happen that happened in Acts 2 and in Acts 6 and in Acts 3, we need to do the same things the church was doing in Acts 2, 3, and 6. That means clinging to these radical ideas that we would do what the Bible prescribed and not what we want to do. Does that mean you're going to agree with everything that the deacon body does? Are you going to agree with everything that I do as your pastor? Of course not. It's not possible. I'm not going to agree with everything you do in your family. You're not going to agree with everything I do in mine. That's just human nature. But it does mean we should be able to have a conversation about it. If you've got a problem with me, you should come and talk to me. If you've got a problem with Brother Brian, you should go and talk to Brother Brian. Why? Because the greatest decisions that have ever been made in history have often been born out of disagreement. When two people who don't see two things the same way come together and come to an agreement. Because two heads are better than one when both heads have a good outcome in mind. So, there's be a greater description of, of what each deacon does in the Welcome Center beginning next week. Okay? But that is the, the, the new method of communication through our deacon body is they're all going to have specific areas of ministry that they will be involved with. There was one group of people that were left out of that, though. That's the 65 and under crowd. So what happens if you're not 65 and you're not a widow and you're not having an event and you're not wanting to teach and you hadn't been missing or you're not a visitor? Who do you go to? Well, right now, thank God that God blessed us uh, with a music minister uh, who also has a passion for ministry in the church. He doesn't just want to sing songs and plan music. Um, and so he and I are going to, to take that group until Brother Eric is able to, to serve in his full capacity again. That will be Brother Jason Ligon uh, and myself. And I am so thankful for Brother Jason and what he brings to me 
personally, his friendship, and his desire to serve the Lord. So I want you to know you're not left out if you're 65 and under. You don't got to wait till you turn 65 to have a deacon. You got a music minister, and he's pretty, you know what I mean? And he sings well, so if you got something you want to talk about, he'll sing the response to you on occasion. The second thing we want to look at this morning, okay? Second thing we want to look at. Opportunities to serve Jesus here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church, okay? We're saved to serve. That's what it is. If you're saved, you're saved to serve the Lord. You're not saved to sit. You're saved to serve the Lord. The Great Commission commands us in Matthew chapter 28, we're to share Christ with all the nations. We're to evangelize and we're to teach the new disciples to observe all of his commandments. That's the Bible. That's what we're supposed to do. How do we teach them the commandments of the Lord? We teach the Bible. So as a church, we're commanded to share Jesus and teach his word. So how do we do that? If you're a believer and you're here, you're here for a purpose. And that is sharing the Bible and learning the Bible and teaching it. Well, we have Sunday school teaching opportunities coming up all the time. Kids classes that need somebody to teach. Uh, Wednesday night classes that need someone to teach. Teachers who have been teaching for 39 years because they're scared if they step down, nobody else will take the class. Now, some people have faithfully taught class for 39 years because they still feel compelled by the Lord to teach that class. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Keep teaching. So if you want to teach or you think you might want to teach, we might have a teacher that needs to take a break one week. We need people on hand available to teach. So there's, there's Sunday school classes. There's Wednesday night classes uh, that, that need teachers, okay? But also we have other areas here at Rocky Valley for you to serve. One of those areas is, is here at Rocky Valley, for those of you that don't know, everybody turn around and look at that back corner on this side. You won't be able to see it, so I want you to look at it on the way out. That back corner, there's a group of people back there. One of them's waving back at you. Ain't he cute? That's the area where our media and technology team are housed on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and, and Wednesday nights. But they're also housed there on Saturday afternoon, believe it or not. I've seen them there on Thursday night at 10 or 11 o'clock. They're there on Tuesday a lot of times. Sometimes they're in there on Monday. They take laptops home with them and work all week long uh, on the ministry of this church through, through the media ministry. We are truly blessed here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church. Any visiting pastor or musician that has come to this church, none of them have ever left without telling me this. Man, you've got it good. And I always say, I know I'm very blessed to have that group back there. I'm so blessed, not because they're so technologically savvy, though. I would say that there's one young lady back there right now who would say she's not too technologically savvy, but she's willing to serve the Lord. Praise God for her. But that's not why we're blessed, is because they're a technological savvy mindset. We're blessed because they view it as a ministry opportunity and not as a job. Not as just something to do to pass the time. It's a ministry opportunity. And because of that ministry team, did you know that we have hundreds of people each week that watch our services through streaming online? They watch our services. While we worship here together, there are literally hundreds of people that are worshiping with us looking at the services online. And through our podcast, thousands of people each week listen to our messages on podcast. Did you know that we are reaching people in every state in the United States. We have had someone listening to our podcast. Australia, Korea, Vietnam, 
and dozens of other foreign countries. We have podcast subscribers in those countries. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that because that means that the name of Christ is being glorified from right here on East Old Murfreesboro Road in Lebanon, Tennessee, in thousands of people's homes across the country, across the nation, across the globe. This little white church is proclaiming Christ in Indonesia right now. This little white church is proclaiming Christ in South Korea right now. Brother Randy was in South Korea last week. You didn't even know the podcast was there with you, did you? Right? We have that ability not because I'm good. That wasn't my vision, church. That was because I said to the media team, what is your vision? What has God given you for this ministry? And they came back with a three-page list. We've gotten through half of the first page, praise God. Imagine where we'll be at the end of three pages. But that doesn't happen without people willing to serve God in that capacity. We need help in that area. Brother David, Miss Teresa, Jesse, Jimmy, they need help back there. Why? Because we get by right now with everybody working every single thing themselves. So we need help in that area. If you feel like God is moving you to be involved with a ministry that proclaims Jesus in all of those areas, go talk to David. Come talk to me and then I'll put you in touch with David and we'll start learning. He say, well, I'm not very technologically savvy. That's okay. David's pretty good at it. He can teach you. He's taught me how to turn the computer on already. <laughs> Next week he's going to give me the password. So if you can commit to being here and being involved in that ministry opportunity, go see them. It's a great opportunity to be involved in something so much bigger than most people realize. We also have an opportunity arising here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church, what we're calling our hospitality team. 1 Peter 4 9 says we are to be hospitable to one another. We should be welcoming and make people feel Welcome as they come in here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church. We have been so blessed to have visitors here at this church. We, I, I can't think of a single week in the last six or eight months where we have not had at least one family visiting here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church. And bless God, some of you have stayed for some reason, either because you couldn't find nowhere else to go or, or whatever happened. You got stuck. That's good. We like that. Stay stuck. Make a big deal out of Jesus with us here at Rocky Valley. So... We're going to be putting a hospitality team in place. What's that team going to do? They're going to be hospitable to visitors. We're going to put together welcome bags that are going to have, you know, maybe a loaf of sourdough bread in it, some pens, some Rocky Valley stuff, a pamphlet that explains what our deacons do and what Sunday school classes we have, what our Wednesday night worship looks like, what do we do on Sunday nights, who's the pastor, how do I do these things? How do I get involved in this church? It's going to be in the little baggie. How do you get one of the little baggies? You come to church, somebody from the hospitality team takes you back to the Welcome Center and gets you a little baggie, okay? Why do we do that? Well, because people need to be able to leave here with information. We're also going to be adding to our website a Plan Your Visit tab. This is exciting to me because I don't know what tabs are, but Plan Your Visit. There's going to be a place you can click on our website where if you're thinking about coming to this church, you can click on it and say, I'm a family of two. I have a kid that's 12. I have a kid that's six. 
and somebody from the hospitality team is going to reach back out to you and say, hey, there's going to be a parking spot waiting for you by the steps. I'm going to be at the front door waiting for you. You can sit with me. If you want to come to Sunday school, I'll take your kids to their class so that visitors don't walk in and have, that's scary. We walk in, we know what's going on, we're ready, right? I walk in, I try to be here before 9 o'clock. Sometimes I walk in at 9.05 with a zip drive trying to print something. I don't know where I'm going. But they come in, they don't know what to do. Where am I going to sit? Can I sit in this pew? Can I sit in that pew? Well, really you can sit in any pew, but wouldn't it be nice if you knew that somebody was going to put their arm around you and say, would you sit with me? You don't got to sit by yourself. Nobody wants to stick out like a sore thumb. Sat with a member, and instead of them sticking out like a sore thumb because you're a visitor, they go, well, who's Belinda's cousin, right? They won't know who it is until you get your little bag, and then they'll go, ah, that's one of those visitor peoples. So we may hide the bags a little bit. I don't know. We need to be hospitable to one another. Let's share. What does Hearts for Hunger look like? If you're a visitor, and I said Hearts for Hunger went on yesterday, you don't even know what I was talking about. But that information will let you know, hey, they give out food once a month in two communities closest to the church. The whole church packs the boxes. The kids' ministry works on the boxes, and they go and give these boxes of food out. That's a neat thing. Somebody says, I want to be a part of that because they know what it is now. So, hospitality team. How else can we serve here at Rocky Valley Baptist Church? Well, in Acts 1, chapter 8, Jesus is ascending into heaven. He looks down to his disciples, and he gives... Uh, his, his great commission to his disciples in Acts, he says that we are going to be witnesses in Jerusalem. That was their hometown. Right? Jerusalem is where they were from. So how do we do that at Rocky Valley? Well, through the Hearts for Hunger food ministry and uh, through our worship services as we gather to worship his name and have a place where worship takes place, through our Sunday school classes, our Wednesday night classes, our youth classes, all those things we do, there are opportunities to serve right here in our local community. Then he says in Judea, it's kind of like their state. So how do we serve in the state of Tennessee? We give to the cooperative program. We support things like the Golden State Mission Offer. And to be completely honest, I am right now looking for new opportunities for us to serve in the state of Tennessee. If you have any ideas, please come talk to me. I'd love to hear them. I'm looking for those new opportunities because I believe in being a Great Commission church. And Jesus said, go to your hometown Go to your state. But then he goes on further and he says, go to the ends of the earth. We're to go everywhere. Many of you do not know this. That's my fault. But it won't be my fault after today. But here as a church, we have two missionary families that we are directly friends with. We directly have a line of support. I I support them personally, uh, and we'll be supporting them as a church. One of those families is... Dustin and Katie Scott, they work with the East Mountain Ministry in Scotland. And then Tim and Barbara Heston, who work with Here I Am Ministries uh, in Elpan, Honduras. So what can I do to help them? Well, glad you asked. I need somebody, probably a lady if I had to guess, I need somebody to come out here in this area across from the Welcome Center and put up two tables, one for Here I Am Ministries and one for the East Mountain Ministry, Dustin and Katie Scott. Why? So you can come by and see a picture of what our missionaries are doing. What are they going to do? And you can give directly to them. We don't have a budget item for either one of them. The only way we support them as a church is through the gifts that you give. 
And so you'll know, what are they doing? What's my money going to? You say, well, I could just write a check to the International Mission Board. Absolutely, you can do that. You should do that. But what if I want to know that I want to give it to the Scripture in School program in Honduras? Great. There is your opportunity with Tim and Barbara Eston. I get pictures and emails and phone calls. Brother Tim's going to be in town next week. He and I are going to get together. Right? We have that direct relationship with that missionary family. I know what he is doing, and I know where the Lord is taking them. So they need your prayers. They need the information out there. They need your funding. But what else can we do with the mission teams? And I'm really excited about this one. And this has kind of just come about. Tim Heston is in Honduras, he and his wife Barbara, and they're now receiving team ministry teams from churches. And so we've been discussing the opportunity for a Rocky Valley team to come and work in Honduras for, for about a week. Hands-on in the community of El Pan with our, with our missionaries. How many of you have ever thought, man, I'd like to go on a mission trip? Awesome. couple already. How many of you have already been on a mission trip? Good. So we have an opportunity here. All right, so how do we proclaim Jesus in all the nations? We already do it through our podcast and through our streaming services. We can also physically get in a big old jet airplane and fly over there and work directly hand-in-hand with missionaries that we can talk to between now and then. So there's going to be a sign-up sheet in the information center. Now, I only want you to sign up if you're serious, if you really want to go. If you want to go and you think, I don't know if I can afford it, sign up. Sign up. There are many creative ways to raise funds to go on a mission trip. The mission trip will probably take place around this time next year. So we've got about a year to start planning that and start getting that in place. But we need to start planning by the end of this year. So another opportunity to serve is through our missions, through giving and through going. Hopefully through giving and going through through LPAN. Finally... As we begin to close up here, we have a wonderful building that we gather in to worship Jesus. We are so blessed here. Thank you, brother. I love this old church. There ain't nothing tickles my heart more than when I turn off the main road onto the back road and I hit coming down that hill coming in here and I can see that steeple and I can see that white vinyl side, and I see that old church bus parked right beside it. And every single time, three years worth of driving down that road, and every time I come down, I get a little feeling in my stomach. I love this building. Last year, we were able to finish phase one of Project Renew because with an old building comes a lot of nostalgia, comes a lot of joy, but also comes a lot of problems, right? Buildings creak, they change, they shrink, they grow, they spread, they sag in places they shouldn't sag. They're a lot like people, right? <laughs> Last year, we were able to complete phase one of Project Renew. Might I add, we completed the project under budget. Praise God. And isn't it beautiful? If you go out of this door, you see the new carpet, you see the welcome center, you turn down that hallway... There's, there's no old paneling. There's no yellow stains on the ceiling anymore from leaks in the past. We've got a beautiful building that we worship in, and God blessed us with a renewal on that phase, and we were able to finish it. That being said, Project Renew was a four-step project. That was just phase one. 
Phase two is the basement. Phase three is out there. And phase four is some renewal out here in the, in the, in the sanctuary. Now, I want to make sure that everybody understands because I don't want anybody to hear that and go, preacher plans on changing the sanctuary. I have no intention of this sanctuary being anything but the historical sanctuary that it is. But that being said, we need to make sure that it stays in good repair and that we have plenty of seats and plenty of capacity uh, as we grow. So we need to remember Project Renew. Uh, because it's, it's easy to get excited when you're in the middle of a building project and then forget that you need to continue to support the building fund and the ministry of this church in that way. So Project Renew is an ongoing 10-year project. All right, It's going to be going on at the end of 10 years. I pray that we need to do four more deals and we just keep renewing because that means that God is continuing to move in our midst. So as we close, I want to give you a few statistics this morning. A few statistics, because it's really easy when you're week in and week out to get in the grind of coming and to forget what the Lord has done in the time that you've had. My first Sunday that I preached here was in the, the first Sunday in August of 2015. The first Sunday in August of 2015, there were 86 people in attendance that morning. Our average Sunday morning attendance over the last three months has been between 115 and 135. Not considering online viewers and podcast listeners. I don't do that for a round of applause for me. That is, if, if people were coming because of me, there'd be four people here. Because I'm not particularly pretty and I'm not particularly eloquent when I speak. Why do I tell you this, though? Because it is so easy to get bogged down. To go, am what I doing making a difference? Is what I'm doing even mattering? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? Is anything happening? Absolutely things are happening. And it is a result not of your pastor. It is a result of each and every one of you being willing to serve the Lord. God gets the glory for everything that he does. Because if it is anything that we accomplished on our own, there'd only be seven of us here this morning. And six of them would be my family. My daddy wouldn't even come. So how do we respond to this message this morning? It's different. I can't wait till next week to get back to my normal stomping and slobbering. It was hard to prepare this. It was hard to do this. It was a hard decision to come to even presenting this kind of message on a Sunday morning. But it's the best platform to communicate to the most people a few things. If I said we were going to have an informational meeting at 2 o'clock, a third of you would be here. If I sent out a newsletter, statistics show that 20% of people read newsletters in their entirety. It's not effective to communicate these things. So how do we respond to this, though? It's a little different. Well, one, some of us, we need to commit to this church. So I'm already a member of this church. I didn't say you need to be a member. I said you need to commit to this church and the work of the Lord. Maybe you've just been here. Maybe you've wondered what you can do. Maybe you've wondered how you can plug in. Make a stand this morning. Commit to God and say, I'm going to commit to pray faithfully for this church. I'm going to pray for my deacons. I'm going to pray, pray for your pastor. I'm going to pray for my music pastor. I'm going to pray for Tim and Barbara Heston all the way over in Honduras. I'm going to pray for Katie and Dustin Scott in East Mountain, Scotland. I'm going to pray for these things. 
Or maybe I'm going to commit to giving, Lord. Maybe not even just giving to those things. Maybe giving to the regular tithes and offerings of the church to support the many different things that we do as a church. Those things don't happen without your tithes and offerings. We can't do those things, unfortunately. Two, somebody here heard me speaking and said, I believe I could serve in that capacity. I'd like to be involved in that ministry. I'd like to, I'd like to get on board with that. Great. First place you need to stop is the altar. God's already told you that you should do it. Now come and commit to him at the altar. God, I commit that I'm going to serve you in this capacity this year. Third, maybe somebody here has been contemplating membership. You've been coming, you've been attending, you've visited. And you say, you know what, I, I've heard enough today to know that I want to be fully on board with what this church is doing. I want to commit to joining and standing shoulder to shoulder with this gang at Rocky Valley and heading down these roads with them. I believe this is where God called me to. Would you come today and, and join us in making a big deal out of Jesus? If I had to describe what we look to do here at Rocky Valley, we just want to make a big deal out of Jesus. And I realize that this wasn't exactly an evangelistic message. But let me point out that Jesus is the only reason that any of these ordinary people that are gathered here can do any of the extraordinary things that Jesus uses us to do. And so if you're here this morning and you say, I don't know if I can serve Jesus, I've never known Jesus. I don't know how to do these things. Would you come this morning and let's talk about this king of kings that I know that can make a straight line with a crooked stick? So would you come this morning and lay it at the feet of Jesus? Let's pray. Father God, Father, we come to you, Lord. We thank you so much for this opportunity to come, to gather in your name, and to worship you, Lord. And Father, I recognize that this was a different type of message, Father, a different thing that you, you kind of laid in, the, in our past. But Father, I believe these messages are necessary for everyone to see the vision moving forward, for everybody to know how do we communicate effectively? How do we know where we can serve? Is there anything that I can do? Father, we know if we're saved, we're saved to serve you. So I thank you for these opportunities that you've given us. Father, I pray you move in the hearts of your people. I pray, Father, that our greatest debate becomes how do we find places for everybody to serve that you've brought? And the beauty of it is, Father, I know you'll provide those opportunities. God, we love you. We thank you. And we pray that we glorify you each and every time we gather. And it's in your sweet name this morning that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.